0: Those
1: other podcasts sound like carbon copies of each other. We are all cloned from the same system.
0: Our podcasts are unique and different in every way. Like a sexy unicorn, yeah! TMA Studios,
1: it's what you want.
0: This episode of The Shootout with Bill Blanchard is brought to you in part by...
1: Looking for some merchandise from your favorite
0: Livewire Wrestling star? The only place to get it is at Livewire Wrestling Spreadshirt Store at shoplivewire.ga. Here you'll find the largest selection of merchandise from your favorite Livewire Wrestling stars, and we are always adding new designs, so you'll always find something that fits and suits your taste. So head on over to shoplivewire.ga and get yours today. Warning, the views and opinions expressed by the guest on the shootout are not the views and opinions of TMB Studios, its management, or the host Bill Blanchard. They are strictly the views and opinions of the guest and the guest alone. If you are offended by any of these views and opinions, please stop listening now. It's
1: time!
0: What was the craziest thing you ever did in the ring that people said, "Oh my God, that boy is stupid"? Put over Brandon Parker. What? <laughs> no, uh, I mean because we did some pretty
2: weird shit over there. I mean, me and me and Devin Wright at one point had a buff bitch match. Whatever. Dude. A buff
0: bitch hey. match. Damn. And he looked like the pig guy off of Captain America. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's that's That shocked the fuck out of me, pal. Sure me One guy who's just asking straight-up questions to people and straight-up answers is getting
1: more hits than some that brings a lot of people back to their childhood. And, I mean, this is kind of funny. Well, I appreciate that. You
0: ready? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Chris Dickens. <laughs> Do we really have to go there? You no, know, I heard Vince's comment one night and say, hey, even God himself has, has a sense of humor. You know. I mean, wow. Had to create a Christopher Dwayne Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> how many ring rats How many ring rats did you have backstage? There were rumors about How many ring rats
1: wanted to get some dogs? Wait, 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 what?
0: Yeah, how many ring rats you actually had? Ring sure? rats? Oh god. Oh god, Chris, educate what don't What ring rats are? Oh. The one even wolf call returned down. Dale Cheryl.
1: <laughs>
0: Damn. I
1: hit another zinger right out the
0: park. Wow. Uh, wow. wow. Don't forget, no, we no. have to put six over in the main event because he was the top guy. And, um, yeah.
1: Well, Hogan must pose, you know what I mean? Hogan must pose. I'll it I feel like going to the mosquito show in Patriot Park.
0: Was like, fishing on the grave. That one, bro. The Shootout with Bill
1: Blanchard!
0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Wrestling Shootout. Hey, I'm your host, the Pabra Payne, Bill Blanchard, and tonight, oh my God, I got an incredible, yes, with an incredible story. I've been watching this guy's career for quite a few years now and everything, Um Guys, let me tell you something. This man, not only, not only has he been a UCW Octane Champion, Live Wire Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, but he is the current and defending, amplified Live Wire Wrestling Heavyweight Champion coming off my straight victory. You know, over uh, Josh Magnum. And, hell, some guys even really bl- had lost a lot of money on that bet. Thought Josh Magnum was going to take it. But I said, no, nah, man, not a chance, man. Andrew Davis is underrated talent. He's a rising, current rising superstar in the CSRA. This guy wrestles all over Georgia, including one of my favorite cities in Savannah, Georgia. We're going to get to that in just a minute. My first witness guy, he was the game changer. The man who brought back the power glove. Oh, my God. I can't wait to talk about that. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome. The current and defending amplified champion, Adrian Davis. What's going on, man? How the heck are you?
2: Man, that is an incredible introduction for me. Honestly speaking, complete honest, I appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. But, um... I
1: I appreciate you. you. Well...
2: Uh thank you. Uh I've been appreciating or appreciating. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been uh I've been living, I've been doing pretty decent. I have my highs and lows. Uh life's been rough uh moving back to Savannah and everything, but I mean as you can see I'm still kicking.
0: Amen, man. Amen, man. But but um, like I said, I'm gonna try to knock this out of the park. You know, we come we come off of I had I had James Caleb Kitchen on here. We all know he's a big part of Bower Pro Wrestling. He was on here last week, right before that. I had at the time he was the reigning heavyweight champion and Jeremy Cruz who had a very big title defense. Might have been the biggest match in his whole career inside the steel cage on the same night. You successfully defended your uh, your championship against Josh Magnum. But I want to get your thoughts. You know, Jeremy Cruz was on here. Had a very humble story. Very uh, interesting beginnings with Flatline Pro. What are your thoughts on Jeremy Cruz? I know you guys have had a hell of a rival in wrestling.
2: Uh, real talk, I don't mind Cruz. I I love Cruz. I respect Cruz. Um, he was my first singles match at Flatline Pro Wrestling many of years ago. Uh, actually, funny story about Cruz is I remember when I first was in Flatline Pro Wrestling, which, you know, back then it kind of bothered me, him doing this, but now I can understand why. But he will always go around, and he will always be like, who's Adrian Davis? And it always kind of Bug me, but at the same time, the way I had, actually had to think about it is, okay, I'm some no-name face person just walking in flatline, just trying to find a way to to get my foot in the door, get started, get my wrestling career back up and going. You know, I'm not expecting to come in and and be like swinging my 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 junk or whatever, but you know, just give me a chance. And I mean, in, in general, yeah, I was a nobody.
0: Well, I mean, let's talk about Flatline Pro here a little bit. You know, how how did it get started for you? I know everybody's got an interesting till and in how they got interactions with Daniel Maine and Chris Wiggins. You know, what, 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 let's say you. Let's say you. How did you get started with Flatline Pro?
2: Um, Let's see. My years might be off, but let me see if I can put the years together. Maybe 2013, I want to say. I, I could be off, but I know Flatline was – I guess just starting back up at Patriots Park it was January. Yes. Yes. And and um I remember originally being invited to Flatline by Brandon Parker from going to a live wire show and I basically was like, "Oh, I need to get my wrestling career back started." So, I came across, or well, not came across, I hooked up with uh Ken Lee now. If I say his name correctly, Kenji Brea. If I if I butcher your name, right, man, right. I'm I'm terribly sorry. Chew me out on Twitch, um, <laughs> and you know we. I've been giving him rides to the place because it was only like 45 minutes away from where we were staying. So I just go there. I just try to. I was his comp. But I was always willing to like help out somewhere, try to be a helping hand somewhere. Um, so that was January. Then they were building up for the show in March, uh, March of Champions, and they were doing a battle royal, and they were just basically looking for bodies. And I was just like, I'm in. If he was like, all right, well, go to Wiggins and ask and see if you can be in. So I went up to Wiggins. I was like, hey man, is there any way I can get into a battle royal for March? And he's like, you're trained, yes. And, and he kind of saw me mess around in the ring a few times four shows and whatever. He's like, all right, yeah, as long as you have gear, we'll put you in. And that's pretty much how I got into Flatline.
0: What was the relationship like with Chris Wiggins and our, on a regular basis working with him?
2: When he wasn't running around the back with his head chopped off because of putting the show together, <laughs> yeah. which, is, yeah. which is completely understandable. Honestly, he was cool. Um, yeah, he's a very cool guy. Yeah, I, I have no no issues or anything with Wiggins at all. If anything, I appreciate him during one uh, backstage meeting of him putting me over as one of the most uh, uh, I can't even think of that word, but one of the newest talent that came in and actually progressed to being better. Okay. So I, I you know, I got a. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I,
0: this this actually just popped in my head. I'm thinking about Flatline. I'm thinking about you and Brandon Parker. Now I've known Brandon since he was 16. I mean, it's hard to imagine how far he actually went in his career. Um, but I, I was going through a, a very, very destructive phase of my life at the time. And I know you know who Chris Dickens is. And, you know, Chris always had talent. of trying to make me laugh. I watched some funny videos or whatnot. And one night, you know, I um, – you know, I just retired out of law enforcement, right? So I'm I've dealt with a very very tragic death scene, and it just kind of really got to me. You know what I'm saying? So I called yes. up Chris. Yeah, I called up Chris, just talking to him about it, having a drink about it, just trying to get my mind right. And Chris is, hey, come over to the house, man. I got, I got something funny to show you, man. This is I guarantee this will make you laugh. And I'm like, okay, what you got? You know, I'm sitting <laughs> in this house, and people I already know. Yeah, and here's his you know interview with Brandon and Parker. I'm here sitting back there and said, "Save the princess!" And he joked and boom. and Parker slams the door. And said, Sorry, your princess is another castle. laughed so hard.
2: Still to this day, I I I still laugh about that. So funny story about that as well. The original plan for that was for me to actually get thrown, if I'm not mistaken, into. In the trunk of Jacoby Boykin's car. I think it was his car, but I know I was supposed to get thrown in the trunk of a car and then someone drive off. Wow. That was the original plan, but Ken and I got there uh pretty much after sundown, so we reverted to the scene, you know, me getting thrown in the closet. And Wiggins literally yeah. came up and was like, Hey man, it'll be funny if he yell out, "Save the princess!" And I think someone in the back was like, "He won't do it." And I just kind of had this look like challenge accepted. <laughs> so yeah, I every once in a while I still look at that that uh promo. That's that is actually pretty funny.
0: Oh, that was hilarious, hilarious. And Brandon did <laughs> it perfectly. He said, "Sorry, your princess is another castle." And I'm sorry, That was I was some funny stuff here. You know. I think Christopher I think Christopher filmed that, didn't he? Or
2: I think I think, Dick- I think Dickens did film that. I I don't 100% remember. I just... I remember, I
0: remember him showing it to me. And, oh, goodness. Well, you know, you had... He, Christopher told me... I, I talked to Christopher about you this morning, and he was reminding me about... It was his idea on how you got the power glove. You know, bringing the power glove in the ring because you were called the game changer at the time. You know, well, tell us a story about that.
2: Well, before I even got, like into wrestling or better yet while i was training i already had basically my character already like in place everybody said you know for most people all you are in wrestling is yourself amplified to god knows how many numbers so i'm a i'm a huge gamer so i'm all like yeah well i'm gonna call myself the new level adrian davis somewhat side story on that one uh the new level i got that name from john davis because back in the days, he used to call himself the next level. So I was like, well, maybe I'll call myself the new level. So I ran with that. And, of course, Nintendo yeah. is definitely one of my my growing up deals. So I always kind of had a theme, and it was kind of put together. But it wasn't all the way there, surprisingly. And Dickens was like, oh, you need to find a power glove. And I was like, man, where the hell am I going to find a power glove? Yeah, But but it didn't stop me from looking for ones i i went to the uh the uh flea market in augusta i know there's two of them but the bigger one oh, yeah. i can't remember Oh the, yeah. i can't Rondard, yeah. probably yeah that was it um and i went to every shop that looked like it sold some sort of electronic or video game and they were like oh no uh, check out this place called video game heaven eh, okay oh, yeah. i have to lose yeah so I went inside there and the owner if I'm not mistaken his name was also Chris it's been a while since I've been in there. I yeah. walked in I was like, "Hey, I'm looking for something really rare. If you have it, awesome. If not, I don't blame you, but I'm looking for the power glove." And he just kind of did this little people's eyebrow deal like, "Oh, really?" I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, what are you using a power glove for?" And it doesn't work. Uh, I don't care for it to work unfortunately I'm going to cut the cord like an umbilical cord, but uh you know, I'm trying to get a wrestling character going and it's going to be video game based, mostly Nintendo, and I want a power glove. He's like, uh, okay, so I'll sell you one so that's that's pretty much how that happened so ever since wow. then yeah that's ever since then it was just I was trying to incorporate every video game. Type deal somewhat that I can into my character, but at the same time, I didn't want it to make it be too goofy because I don't want people to think I'm some some joke. I want people to understand that I can be serious but be playful. If that makes sense, makes
0: perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Okay, makes perfect sense. Well, I know you've had some a lot of uh, a lot of cool matches and everything, but um, between the flatline, the live wire, even. Josh's EWA, and I want to get to that in just a second, though. You know, were you taking it serious You're about the promoter with the fans with this gimmick, you know, because when I first saw you, I kept trying to, you know, I was, like, telling Christopher and telling Josh and especially telling Don and Jay at a time when UCW first started, like, that's y'all's guy right there. I mean, he can definitely identify with the fans. Who doesn't like video games? You know, even grown men play video games. You know, I've always felt like (laughs) you were definitely the next thing coming into wrestling. I really thought the gimmick was going to get over,
2: you know. Um, I felt like the gimmick actually have been getting over, um, honestly speaking. which we will get into the story of the other half or the other side, but at the same time, well, not at the same time, but you know what I'm saying, but
1: yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, still,
2: yeah. it's still kind of getting over or wondering where it's at whatever, whatever, whatnot. Like, a lot of people, when they see me back in the days, yeah, I'm coming out with the Nintendo tights, I'm coming out with the Power Glove, I got a Super Mario jacket. I mean, I don't have, like, a super-duper video game type theme but or interest music but the interest music that I'm using is ludicrous press the start button and he talks about pretty much video games It's perfectly my theme. I mean hell even kitchens love the theme. Hell yeah. Yeah, Kitchens is like he told me plenty of times during the flatline days. He's like, man, I listened to your theme in my car so many times. <laughs> so it's it's gotten over. Um it's just I guess in Flatline, um, like, even though I wasn't booked in very many matches, I was still a part in some way, whether, you know, I was working lights, whether I was working music or something. But for Mm -hmm. the times that I was out there, like, people did pop. But I will also admit, like, me back then versus, I guess, me later on after Flatline went over or went under... It's like two totally different Adrian Davises.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, well, not a flatline departure. I know before the flatline thing, I remember seeing you out in the, um, the AWF. You know, what were some of your memories and favorite thoughts and what were your thoughts on AWF in general?
2: AWF, that was uh, 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 that bar show, right?
0: No, that was EWA. AWF yeah. was out there at the Well, Jay called it the Harlem Arena, but it was basically his place. Okay. Yeah, you know, and they had a ring out there and everything and they were trying to, you know.
2: Yeah. it wasn't bad. It was uh honestly it was me getting ring time, me trying to help what what little knowledge that I know, help train people. Um Yes. I'm a, yeah, yeah. I, I'm i for, for now, I'm gonna go just there, help train people people those people know who they are um but i will say it is it isn't a first wasn't a last uh i remember having a match with uh who we talked about earlier today jeremy cruz right And, and it was a good match um i remember wiggins and his wife was out there oh yeah and and honestly, I was a bit nervous because I was like, "All right, Wiggins runs Flatline, and I'm trying to get over in the Flatline. It's a nice establishment, is well put together, and everything. And he is actually spending his time—no offense—in this backyard deal, trying to see what's going on. And it's me and Cruz who are, at the time, was working in Flatline, putting on a match. Well. Apparently, this match with Cruz and I at the time was the reason why Wiggins, there was a tag match in the upcoming Flatline show, and Wiggins, I don't remember who exactly, but he canceled out someone to put me in their place tagging with Ken Lee because of my performance at that match um, at AWF with uh, Jeremy Cruz.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
2: I do and remember I yeah I do remember that much who who I replace I don't know but I do know that it was because of him watching that match was the reason why I replaced said person
0: Huh Well I mean Wiggins Wiggins um you know Gone back a long, long way. I haven't, you know, he's been on my show before. We've been him had had some good conversations and we always kind of interacted with each other, but never had a really good opportunity to sit down and talk. But you know, Wiggins was uh, you know, he started out, you know, in the 03, 02 or time frame in the backyard as well, like you know, some of us did, just learning the business and having fun with it, you know, go yeah. along with it. You know, when when uh, we got that ring out there, and like I said, for the most part, it was just training, ring time, and we're just putting on the show just to have some fun. You yeah. Know, and 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 that's what that was all about. And yeah, we knew he was coming. He told us he was coming. And you know, and uh, like I said, you know, we've all, we've all been friends for years. You know, what I mean, we told him, hey, we got some new talent out here. Guys are training, come check them out. Maybe they can be, you know, they could be used. You know, and they they come out there on several times. So I mean, I've also thought that was a really cool thing. Um, you know, about Wiggins, you know, checking yeah. the guys out and everything. You know, but yeah, what I, about the bar scene with EWA? I'm oh, sorry, Go ahead. let me catch you off.
2: <laughs> oh no, you're fine. Uh, but but we will get to that. But uh, I will say that uh, yeah, I've been I've been told about that area, that scene and whatnot because when pretty much, if I'm not mistaken, during the time when you guys were like, I guess you could say, doing your thing or whatever, whatnot, I was living here uh, in Savannah, and I didn't really start training until 2000 early 2005 that's when i started training so i didn't know anything about augusta whatever whatnot until i moved into aiken around 2011 yeah 2011 Hmm. so but but i've been told by stories honestly by my trainer Cause my trainer lives in Augusta, so he knows all the names out there. He knows Brandon Parker. He knows Chris Wiggins. He knows Jeremy Cruz and everything. So yeah. So that's that's how I kind of uh, knew about that scene. But I was I was late to the party, I guess you could say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you're saying goes, "Bro, late to never," right?
2: Yeah. You know. Exactly. But, I mean, also at the same time, like, the two faces that I remember seeing before I even stepped foot into uh, Aiken, or excuse me, three faces, was Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Maine. Yeah. And Darkness, because I saw them work at CWA in Orangeburg, South Carolina.
0: Orangeburg, nice.
2: Mm-hmm. and Josh Magnum, one of the main reasons why I know him because we have the same trainer.
0: Who was his, who's his name?
2: Uh, went by. Well, I'm not gonna shoot his real name. Real name. Some people may know. Some people may not know. But the Macedon.
1: Macedon.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, for respect, I'm not gonna shoot his real name.
1: No, no, but, no, no, no. That's fine.
2: Yeah. But um well one part of my, my, my early story, I guess you could say. So originally, 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 <laughs> um, there was a show here in Savannah and it was under Combat Fusion. And right. it was held uh, it was held at the Ali Temple, which was literally a long time of five minutes up the street from my house.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: Not even not even that long really. And how I found out about that show, they ran a commercial during uh, WWE Raw, and me and a bunch of my friends, they always come to my house, we always watch wrestling. Well, uh, while the commercial was going on, a familiar face popped up as, as one of the pictures I was coming by, Vordell Walker, and I was like, I know him, like, hardcore, I know him, everybody see saw the look on my face and everything, they're like, whoa, I'm like, yeah, I know him. We used to ride the same school bus. We never ro- we never had the same school, but our school bus went to our, our schools and everything. I know him. So, day of show, I go kind of early, and I walk in, and I was like, hey, so is uh, Vordell here? Actually, I really use his real name. I'm not going to drop it here. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's in here. So I walk in, and, you know, he's in the ring with uh, Jimmy Rave. Right. Who, yeah, who I knew, well, I didn't know, but watched him in his Ring of Honor stuff from that time and everything. So he, he comes up to me, he's like, oh, man, hey, how you doing, man? It's good to see you again. And I was like, hey, how you doing? But no, don't, don't let me stop you. Do your thing, man, whatever. So, but after that, um, to make a longer story short or whatever, whatnot, Vordell helped me um, get my training start with Combat Fusion with a, right. a good other people. Um, some names, some people may or may not heard in a long time. Uh, Jesse Fedra, uh, Corey Steele, Nick Hyper, uh, which is the brother to Jesse. Uh, Crazy K, his brother, uh, if I'm not mistaken, TJ Mack, who was also in CWA. So we all kind of like, they were our trainers pre-trainers. like They'll come in, they'll put in their two cents, whatever. But the main people were Vordell, Jesse, Nick, and Corey. Um, after Combat Fusion went under, they were running training stuff out of uh, a storage building, but I couldn't make it because honestly, I was attending more to my personal life at that point. Once my personal right. life actually got yeah, uh, lifted off, I was like, all right, I'm coming back for training. Yeah, the school kind of went under. Oh, well, crap. And then Vordell came up to me like a couple of days later with a phone call. You still want to be a professional wrestler? Of course. All right. Here's a number to the Mastodon. He's the one that finished my training. Mm, okay. So called him up, and he's like, all right, yeah, I live in Augusta. We can do this. All right, cool. So everything was fine and dandy. And then I got in a car accident in 2006. Oh, man. Yeah, it sucked. It sucked because it kind of messed up my back, but I was still hardcore. So the next month after my car accident, me and a buddy of mine went to uh, the training that uh, Mastodon was holding, which was in front of, at the time, Josh Magnum's house. <laughs> but um, little did I know, my friend went up to my trainer or our trainer and was like, he wants to be in shows the very next month. Didn't tell me this. So I'm coming in training. The first thing my trainer was like, all right, do a hundred squats. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, I wow. did a hundred squats and I couldn't walk after that. Oh yeah, it sucked. It sucked bad. So, but long story short, Basically that's that's kind of I guess a little further back introduction to how I got into wrestling or how I got my training.
0: That's amazing, man. Hell, first, I mean great. I started I started in 90, I started in 99, but I did it uh in shoot wrestling, you know, all submission. That's my first real, real love for it, you know, because I grew I grew up in business. I uh, love yeah. professional wrestling, but hell, when I came back from Afghanistan and I got long, uh, ready to go to Iraq and came back from that, we started hearing uh, promotions in the South Carolina area, which I first heard was WFJ Wrestling for Jesus, and it was run Black by Black Tim Money, Man. Tim Blackman. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. he was—he was one of the first guys that kind of you know started training me, you know, and Jay in his backyard and in, in his restaurant. He was—he was doing practices Tuesdays and Thursdays along with. uh Guy named is uh, Gary Rucker, where people might know as the unbreakable Matt Cruz, you know, got in the ring with him. Okay. And that's when yeah, I first yeah, yeah. met JC Walker. And JC Walker got in the ring and started working with me. You know, and I, that was my first taste of it, you know, as I trying to get on the indie scene. You know, yeah. The only thing that really messed me up long term, man, I got a wife, I got a kid, then I had another kid, and then I had another kid. I'm working for four jobs, just trying to survive. You know, uh, I was a police uh, officer, at SWAT and I was doing healthcare security, mental health side. So whenever I could, I'm out to Harlem man, and I start freaking bumping. But you know, you mentioned Josh Magnum, man. I seriously doubt Josh he remembers. I hell matter of fact, I know he doesn't. You know, I was active <laughs> in the Marine Corps. My first time meeting this guy. He was actually a more hit city, North Carolina, getting an award by Hulk Hogan. I just happened to be there in uniform. Okay, so I heard Hulk Hogan was gonna be there, you know, and he's getting this Hulk Hogan award. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. So I saw him in WFJ. Was, oh my god, that's Josh Knight, I remember him more in North Carolina, You know, and I was there in uniform
2: uh, for that. Um, Magnum loves some Hogan. Oh my god, he loves some Hogan.
0: I believe it. I, he's still using his routine in his match now. So when I saw him. When I saw him wrestling with you. I was there with Blake, and we were uh, doing a little commentary for his God podcast, Shatter City, and then we did a mine. Yeah, I was like, Mania, you know, and that's what he always known as from, from Mania yep. to Mania.
2: <laughs> yep, and, and he hit me with the, the whole Hogan spot, the whole oh, yeah. up, big <laughs> boot, the leg drop, and I honestly uh, busted my lip from that big boot.
0: Nice. I mean, damn, yeah, but I, nice. <laughs> yeah, wow.
2: I, I, I didn't care. I didn't care. I just, I I want to make people know, like, hey, we know y'all know the stuff behind wrestling, but just so you know, we're still willing to go out there and go for it all. Exactly. So now, let me ask
0: you this question. Let me ask you this question. You know, yeah. and I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound offensive about it, but Hulk Hogan gets criticized a lot. You know, what do you think about people you know, marking out, ripping off other people's movesets, sets, which I yelled at everybody and said, look, man, everybody takes something from somebody from somewhere and put, and put the other their own. Now, Magnum, he really pushes that, especially that old spot where the, he's hulking up and he does the big yep. finger pointing, a couple punches, boot to the face, and a leg drop, though. Some people, yeah. you know, have criticized him. I'm kind of curious your thought process.
2: Honestly, uh, after after watching AEW Full Gear earlier today and thinking about some yeah. of the things i Honestly speaking, that's people. That's just people. You can't really make people happy. We're in the year 2020. Maybe 20 years ago, somewhat of a different story, but we're in the year 2020. Most of us are in this business for people that we watch growing up, and we will actually mimic their moves, moveset, their style or whatever, just because they're our, our inspiration
0: and A-N. thank you for saying that
2: no problem, and it's funny to say this because to a degree, you may can see it I somewhat can't see it to a degree. The reason why I became a professional wrestler is because august 9th, nineteen ninety nine chris yeah. jericho okay chris Jericho made his
0: deb- debut debuting raw
2: that that was like I was a hardcore, Stone Cold Steve Austin fan.
0: Hardcore. Yeah,
2: I loved the Rebel deal because I was like, I want to be a Rebel, but man, I'm so much chicken crap to be one. And then here comes right. Chris Jericho interrupting The Rock and everything. And I knew about <laughs> Chris Jericho and WCW and how he
1: was. Yeah.
2: It. But when he came to WWE, it was, it was, it was something magnet. It was something magical. And I was just like, yeah, that's it. I want to be a professional wrestler that that was it that 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 was the gg that was that was my goal become a professional wrestler chris jericho with that being said i haven't really did anything much of chris jericho maybe other than being charismatic
0: charismatic definitely Game changer. Jericho was uh, considered a game changer, a lionheart, if you would. So I could definitely compare, uh, you know, yourself and Chris Jericho. Call I me mean, crazy, man. For me, it was a couple years before that. I knew I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Like I said, I grew up. You know, I was like when first grade, when WrestleMania one came out in 1985. You know, I was big fan of Hogan and Piper and Andre the Giant. But when when I realized I wanted to be a wrestler, you know, not only not from watching just Sting and Ric Flair the first class Ooh. of champions, golly. Yep. But to me, when I realized just how serious wrestling was, I was watching Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect, that SummerSlam 91, one, yeah. the Intercontinental title, and I really started following the Hitman's career. When I started wrestling, I wanted to use, you know, what Bret Hart, you. if you notice, I would use the, the elbow from a second rope, i used use the sharpshooter, you know. I, I tried the best to best be, like, you know, the best technical wrestler, but I'm a powerhouse, too. It's so like I had some power moves to it. You know, but then Kurt Angle, man, came on fire. I became a huge Angle fan. <laughs>
1: but,
0: uh, you know, God, nah, cause you know, I shaved my head. I'm bald, too. And I, I put the USA D-rag on my head. And I'll do the whole cutting of pants around. And I'll go, it's real. It's damn real. I, I was using it's real before Angle, Dick. He was always using it's true. And Chris said, yeah. well, you don't want to come up with a complete mark. Listen, Chris actually came in and said, hey, just say it's real. It's damn real. Sweet. I'm going to start, you know, I think it was like 03, 04. <laughs> and then when Kurt comes to TNA in 06, it's real. It's damn real. I called I Chris start started like, cussing crap. him out. You gave him an no idea. I was just like, cause everything we would come up with? You'll see TNA or W start using. And, oh, my God, it was just hilarious. But, you know, no, God, I, yeah, I mean, I, I,
2: I, I completely boy, understand. Sorry. No, 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 you're good. I completely understand that. The, the, the best I can say is this. Like, in this day and age right now, like, it's going to be super hard to come up with a with a new move, maybe a new sequence. I mean, unless you're a character from Def Jam Vendetta and you can jump in the air like 30 feet and do like a 7 power driver, I mean, you're going to do a move that one too many people has already done it. You can't you, you can't dodge that, but just if you're going to do someone else's move, at least put your little flair on it. Put your character
0: Exactly. In Make it your own. Exactly.
2: And, exactly. Exactly. Like, for example, I do the disaster kick. Yes, it is a little bit more uh, Cody Rhodes style, which, you know, the, one of the reasons why I do it is because Cody Rhodes, I mean, he's, you know captain scroll and everything he's in great shape whatever and a lot of and when people look at me which another thing about me people look at me and they're just like "Eh, this he he doesn't look like he goes to the gym he's kind of got a little beer belly all this stuff blah 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 what can he do until i get in the ring and then they they have <laughs> exactly, a nice exactly. shut the crap up
0: exactly exactly Exactly. Uh, Chris Fury wrestles like that too. And when he first had his series with Hunter Young uh, in UCW, at the first match they had, a lot of people were like, Why is this guy wrestling this guy? He's got, he doesn't look like he's in shape. But, perfect example, never took a book by its cover because, you know, Fury can go when he really wants to go when he's properly motivated. Um, but, I, mean, um, I, I was going with the, with, uh, uh, wait, wait.
2: I even have a match with Hunter Young um, because Hunter you always wanted, hunter always wanted to have a match with me i was like if we have a match with each other it's going to be good and you know what uh it's on youtube and it was good there was a here here and there some stuff you know kind of like oopsie but you won't really too much see it but at the same time no we we and this was with my now current devil's advocate character and even then like I still did some of my stuff or whatever whatnot and it clicked very well but my thing is is that I know I don't have the quote unquote body of most people's idea of what a typical wrestler should look like but at the same time you should not let like you said you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. My my trainer he's a big guy that's mm-hmm. he He's a legit big guy, but let it be known, he can he can move. He can move about as fast, if not, well, I'll say about as fast as someone literally one-fourth his size, a cruiserweight or whatever or whatnot. And he's a big guy. I'm talking about he's probably, I'll give him 6'2", 6'3". You know, I mean, I haven't seen him in a while, but during training time, 6'2", 6'3", I mean, a little over 300 pounds, but he moved half his size.
0: Well, you know, Vader had that reputation, too. You know, for a real big man, he, he can move like no other in the ring, which is my opinion is one that he's the best big man uh, in the game of professional wrestling compared to all the big guys in his, you know, era. He ain't going see nobody. Bam Bam, Bam Bam can come close, you know. But I've always yeah. thought Vader was bigger than Bam Bam. And Vader, like I said, hit that off in the top row. I always thought I was impressed on how fast a guy could move in the ring. in the stamina, too, you know. Um, Vader was one of those guys that I watched growing up.
2: So, so, somewhat small side story about me. you probably going to laugh, but in my younger years, I, I honestly never really liked wrestling. Like, the only reason why I never really liked it is because I never really had a, a way to Watch it. Now when it came to video games like Tag Team Wrestling from Tecmo and Nintendo or yeah. WWE Rumble for the Super Nintendo, yeah, I will play the video games, but I mean when it came to watching it, Q Bird Chirpin here. I mm-hmm. didn't really I didn't really watch wrestling until mid nineties. Well, no, excuse me, late nineties, when I met my friend Ashley Murray and uh-huh. And I went over to his house, he had the freaking WWF uh, trading cards, he had the, uh, the WWF first volume music, he was watching, he was hardcore Shawn Michaels, hardcore Shawn Michaels. Until The Rock came in, and Shawn Michaels was definitely an afterthought. Right. So that, But it wasn't until then, when I really started to understand wrestling a little bit, until I started to gravitate to wrestling.
0: What are your thoughts on your your uh, on the psychology of it? Like, like you said, you started, you know, start watching the mid 90s. You mm-hmm. you've seen what you're seeing. you get down in the training. Obviously, the first step of training is you gotta learn how to bump. You know, you probably take a thousand buck bumps and everything, some front bumps and some hit tosses, and then you learn the, the basic of body slam and suit flex, but the psychology yeah. of it though. How did you learn to be able to put a match
2: together? Um, most of the time, honestly speaking. It was me watching wrestling because as a friend said to me, the thing about that he respects about me is like I was trained old school, but right. I've learned I was learn I've learned or adapted to imply I guess modern the new stuff or whatever or whatnot. So yeah, I still from time to time watch old school wrestling, understand the psychology. Hey, y'all wrestle, wrestle, wrestle someone goes hardcore at uh, a certain limb, and then it's just like, seek and destroy that said limb. You know, you don't really, to a degree, you don't really see that a lot. You'll see probably, like, something not so bad as, like, five Canadian destroyers, two, uh, I don't know, drill claws from Brian Cage, not really, but over
0: exactly.
2: And we're going to go for the biggest finish of all, a roll-up. Wow. But... I mean, I'm I'm I am i i will not say I'm not wrong or I won't say I'm not a fully right, but I'm not wrong. That's what I was trying to say. But um as for psychology, like it's it's just mainly like still kind of watching the old stuff like now that we have the WWE network and everything, you know, every once in a while I'll go back to like the Attitude Era and then a little bit further back into like the Cruiserweight deals of WCW and every once in a while you know the Golden Age or the Golden Era as they call it or whatever or uh, hold on it was Attitude and I know the Golden with like Hogan and everything but there was there was one between there it's kind of a brain fart right now
0: I like the Bill Watts era of WCW, that 93 when the matches look more realistic. They're trying to promote big fights, make them a real fight kind of scenario. The matches look more uh legit in WCW and and the WF got when they got away from the whole Coganos from Warrior area. That's when mm-hmm. guys like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were really trying to showcase their wrestling ability. You know, mm-hmm. and they, they were getting the pushes during that time for them as well. But right before then the acquisition to era kicked in, you kind of saw it all. You know, yeah. Um so, do you ever watch matches from Japan and understand what you know new Japan pro wrestling was and not WGP wrestling and understand oh, yeah. how guys from Antonio and Noki and Bo how they did how 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 they did matches. You know, I've always turned people if you want to watch some good submissions, a good another oh, yeah. term of psychology, something different you, you may not see here in the States. You know, check out Japanese wrestling and I saw a lot of good matches.
2: Um I I didn't really have too much sources I guess you could say earlier back in the days, but right. one of my fans of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling was Masahiro Chodo, who was basically oh, yeah. who was basically the Japanese Hulk Hogan, basically. Was. So uh, basically yeah, even, running the NWO even broke and Hogan's leg
0: when Hogan first started. There you go. Train Luger, Ron Simmons. Got good mm-hmm. reputation, especially in Florida championship wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm. So I mean I, I kind of double dabble a little bit in New Japan back in those days when I kind of found some sort of source, but it wasn't until uh, 2015, 16-ish when I just stumbled across a website. It's like, hey, even though New Japan Pro Wrestling, the website or the network is all Japanese, hey, here's how you can actually subscribe to this website and get your stuff. And I was just like, here, take my money. There you go. And and ever since then, like I've been trying to watch whatever I can between like kind of somewhat old school New Japan and uh-huh. the newer stuff. Like uh, you know, my my number three favorite wrestler is Kenny Omega. I knew about Kenny Omega before New Japan, but uh-huh. watching his New Japan stuff actually made me gravitate to him more outside of him being a gamer.
0: Kenny Omega, he had a really, really uh, good match series with someone who was actually compared to the matches with Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat back in that. I, I tell everybody, if you want to learn some good psychology, and really, really appreciate some good I think you definitely got the movesets of a Ricky Steamboat, too, if you mind me saying so. You know, I definitely encourage you to check those matches out from the era of 1989, uh, Davidson, I mean, I'm sorry, Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair.
2: I can you know, agree think, with that.
0: And it's great matches. You know, but speaking of great matches here, um, I'm not trying to bash all over the place here, but it's, it's, oh, no, it's no. been Go on my mind, that. and it's been on my mind. I've, I've been wanting to ask you this because I was there at night broadcasting a match. Me and Blake, throw- uh, Collins both were. This was actually in UCW, all right? throw,
2: is, throw man, whatever just, at me, man. Just throw whatever at me.
0: Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. Well, it's controversy because he. Uh Justin Chambers kind of took offense to it. as I was on the impression that he was. I mean, we had a private conversation. He says he wasn't. He was just but I just I don't know. We way he the way he responded, the way he reacted, because I kind of called him out on something. But I never had a chance to speak to you about it. You know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but CJ was the uh, UCW champ at the time, and it was—I think—it was the last show of the year. I want to say going at the end of uh, 2016, going into 2017, or it could have been the end of 2017, going into 2018. That's probably what it was. 2017 going into 2018. It was the last match of the year. It was either November or December. Uh, Chambers was defending the UCW championship against, you know, the game changer Adrian Davis. And me and Blake all night was hyping it up. I was trying to treat this match like an old school Star cave from like Rick Flair and Harley Race. And like, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna see a great technical match. I mean, I'm telling everybody that was there. And right away, wasn't a whole lot of people there, but my flash is this. If five people paid to five people pay a ticket, you know, send them home, happy. You know, 10, 15, 20 people that was there that night. You know, some running them Comp over But I know it was the holidays. It was a small show. But still, we were hyping it up all night. I think everybody's saying this is the last match of the year. These guy's going to go all the way out. Two top talents. You know, you got the veteran who was Justin Chambers, the current uh, UCW champion. He's been former AWA champion. He was a former flatline champion and AWA champion. I mean, this guy's putting it all to the line against this newcomer. and You know, I'm, I'm, I'm building you up as best I could. You know, and everybody was, yeah, yeah, getting excited to it. You know, then the bell rang. Dude, what happened? It was over that less than three or four minutes. I, I don't know if someone got hurt or someone called it home or we, or did you guys even plan to go out there to have, and try to tear the house down? Or my interpretation of it was, it's only a few people, man. Let's just go ahead and take it home. I don't uh, know. I, because me and Blake were just like, what? Really? We kind of looked at each other and it was just like,
2: I'm, I'm honestly. This may sound bad. Honestly, I'm actually trying to remember that match because I remember quite a bit of matches between CJ and I. Um, but, ooh, man. I might have to do my resources on that one honestly. of A match of him and I lasting uh, about as much as a three-pump chump. Because um, most of our matches that I can remember, we it, it went a decent a decent lift, you know, but, uh, Oh man!
0: I think that's my whole point. I knew you guys worked before. I know you guys have had some great matches before, and
1: you yeah, kind
0: of like you know. So yeah, I think this was gonna be a good match. I'm trying to you know do my job and 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 hype it up as best I could because I knew both of y'all could deliver. I knew here, here's the thing with CJ. If CJ's working with, with another veteran, the match is gonna suck. And I'll tell him that to his face. But if he's working with a younger talent, someone's gonna push him, and all of a sudden it's like CJ ten years younger. You know what I'm saying? That he's just really, then you're gonna see him push it to another level. You know, it's almost like also, it's like, it's like, it's like, like you guys breathe a new life into him, like a fountain of youth to be with. So that's yeah, where I'm like, cool, he's working with Davis, he's, he's working with a younger person, he's gonna really, really try to amp it up. So I'm like, because i see seen he, he can really put on a good show when he's really, really motivated. I really, really thought, yeah, you know, you was gonna really, really motivate him. And I'm right there, and I was just like, "What the hell happened?" It was just like you guys went, and, you guys took it home. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking to myself either someone got injured, someone got blown up, or he wasn't feeling it because it was a big crowd that day. He just maybe just wrap it up and go home.
2: I don't honestly. Oh, uh, this, this, this sounds so horrible, but I kind of somewhat don't remember it. I guess that's kind of on the lines of like, man, it's so short you can't remember it. Oh, uh, gosh. yeah, honestly. Jeez, I feel I feel bad because I mean most of the matches that I remember with CJ, it lasted quite a bit. And from everything that yeah. was we were saying, like I agree. Now granted, CJ and I we're around the same age range. So um but I, I do strive myself to try to push myself as much as I can. I don't care if I'm gas, look like I need a freaking IV respirator, whatever. I want to push myself. That's just the stubborn person that I am. But this match, like, if it only lasted that long, there had to be a reason. There had to be a legit reason. Honestly speaking, I don't remember that reason. I can like I say this because background. The, the last match you saw me in with Josh Magnum, that uh-huh. match actually was supposed to go longer, but it right. got cut short, and we have a we had a legitimate reason for that. Mm-hmm. Which, to a degree, it kind of sucked, but to also another degree, we were kind of happy, I guess you could say.
0: Right, and, right.
2: Yeah, like, long story short, the matches before us took longer than it was supposed to so hey. to try to help matches or time for later on we got cut and me and magnum was just like eh, it is what it is okay but we'll still make whatever work so you know we were told hey go about five to seven if you feel the crowd no more than ten okay whatever so
0: I think the crowd was definitely into it. You guys still had a great match. Crowd went on happy that night. I mean, I went on happy that night. I was really, really impressed. I was that was like to me, I, I went on record on Facebook and I was selling this match. And like, to me, it was what I call the sleeper match of being watched Watch that match. That match was going to steal the show. You know, because again, I've been I've been a fan of you watching your watching your stuff. I've been a fan for Josh Magnum for a long, long time. So it's almost like, yeah, I expected you know tremendous match, and it went the way I thought it was going to go. And like I said, I was not disappointed in either one of performances in that match. So even though it was like seven minutes long, fans yeah. were still very, very happy
2: with it. I'll be honest, I think Magnum and I could have done better, but for what we were given, we made it exactly. work. So oh,
1: yeah, you could
0: have done it better. Like I said, with, with the seven-minute time period, you got into good spots, you had to get good. It made it, and then it was believable, you know. So I got it, it was a good match, man. I, you know, about out of five stars, I'd probably get it four. you. Know, if you had right. probably a 15, 18-minute loan, yeah, you, know, you guys could have probably got done more stuff in there and really got the crowd, you know, nuts. But like I said, for the time that you were given, you guys made the best of it. And, and sometimes that's, that's, that's what means being a professional.
2: Agreed, but I, I know we went like way somewhere somewhere, pterodactyl, as I like to say. But oh, yeah. I know you mentioned about uh, EWF at the uh, club show or the the, the bar show, and, right? EWA, uh, EWA, yes. Uh man, EWA, mm. um, wasn't really a bad show. I do remember having a a good match against dawned to win the EWA... uh, I forgot what was the name of the mid-card title, but I I can't remember either, but I know that I always told myself I had a curse. Every time I win a title the very next month, if not later, the show folded. Oh, no. (laughs) Because when I won that mid-card title that night at EWF that was the last show they ever had i won a tag team title with kid riot at a show in uh-huh. north carolina and i think the next show yeah the next show they felt like that was the last show they didn't have another show after that and then there was a uh, RC, rcw um yeah, that was a RCW show, because I remember this was a week after my accident at Flatline, quote-unquote, and me and – oh, I see his face. Oh, he's going to chew me out if he ever hears, hears this or see this. Oh, I see his face. Oh, man. Oh, man, I see his face. The Game Changers. It was me and – yeah, I'm going to get chewed out for this. Sorry, sir. Just <laughs> chew me out on Instagram. But we had a, a – a ladder match with uh, Don and oh, I know his real name, but I'm trying to use his Damian Sick, because that's the name I want right. to use, not his not his legit name. And it was a decent match. We got the tag titles and we didn't have another show. Joshua Hartz, that was my tag team partner. There we go.
1: Woof! <laughs> Okay,
2: but so I was kind of on the line of like, man, I don't want to win another belt if I win a belt and the show is gonna fold. Like, it's like, oh crap, Adrian Davis got the belt. Well, we don't need this show anymore.
1: You are. <laughs> That's
2: how I felt. But like, That's funny. I, like when I heard, um, I was getting the uh the Octane title. I was like. Cool, but do you want your show to fold because that's my that's my curse like thankfully the, the the show didn't fold, so they're sad and then when I heard I was getting the live wire heavyweight title like while he while he was explaining everything to me, I was like, Okay, yeah, Cruz' getting the title. No, you get the title. Wait what excuse me, huh? like uh, I guess the best way I could break it down is. I, we all are our worst critic towards ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's right. And and I guess you could say one of the worst things I do on top of that is I don't put enough credit, I don't put enough uh, uh, confidence in myself until I met uh, James Drake now j d Drake, but before him, I didn't put enough confidence in myself to like do what I want to do in wrestling when I met him, it was a whole different story
0: right right right
2: so but um to to close the e w f chapter that we've brought up like forever ago, I'm sorry about that, but uh
0: oh, um, good.
2: I mean, it wasn't a bad show like a, like i say it was it was me having um ring time just. By the fact that it was in a gay bar but that doesn't bother me i support the rainbow i just don't ride the rainbow
1: yeah
0: I, i'm not against the rainbow like i said i don't i don't i don't yeah i don't ride the rainbow either i i was there a few of the shows i just saw some of your matches and then you know i saw the one thing out it just kind of bothered me man i'm sorry i don't I'm not cool with guys pulling dildos in their pants and hitting over their opponent and beating them and then I really didn't like the guy anyways, you know. I don't know. I could stand being in the locker room with him, you know.
2: I know exactly who <sighs> you're talking about. And yeah. all I'm gonna say is I can't really blame you. Now
0: that what, just does a dirty business that I've seen, but go yeah. ahead, I'm sorry.
2: No, 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 you're good. The scenario that you explained, I'll put it this way. If I see Effie Gibbs do that, I'm okay mm. with that. Right. But who we're talking about, yeah, I, I, I can understand your feeling. Yeah. Um,
0: but, you know, Josh, like I said, you know, he ran EWA. And like I said, he called me up. I went out there a few times and, you know, had some, you know, okay, matches of my own. And, you know, I like Josh. He, he, I love he's Josh. Like Josh got, he's got, has got a hell of a reputation of being tough. I want your opinion on this, man. This has been a debate on my show, too, with dealing with uh, a certain match. I don't know if you remember or not. Do you remember? Well, I'm pretty sure you know who he is. Justin Hollywood Hancock.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I can't. And and, and since this is recorded, let it be recorded. Let it be said. Yes, I am Captain Morgan. I am on Captain Morgan on this one. But, oh, God. Oh, Justin. Justin. Justin, Justin <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a baby shot on this one because I got a funny story to tell you. And okay, that's <laughs> on this one. Like, this is oh, please tell me, please tell me. Go on your end.
0: Well, I was just going to bring in the fact that the night in UCW, he won the Veterans Battle Royal and he was slated to take on Josh for the acting title, and things went wrong in that match. And-
2: I mean, rightfully uh, so. It's Justin.
0: Yeah, I mean, Justin came on the show and kind of said that he got potatoed right to get go to match, and he just got beat up and beat up, and he thought like he couldn't defend himself. And then eventually, Josh is basically ended up just kind of tripping and falling so Justin get a pin. But it was just like I watched this match like this doesn't even look right. I mean. I mean, obviously, Justin got hurt, and I just kind of—I don't know—but then, it's, you know, Josh took upon himself to kidnap his, kidnapped his valet, and it started <laughs> some, it started some drama. You know, it was fun for the crowd to watch. I know, but y- you know, I guess my question was, you know, Josh, Josh has been on there and defended himself, but he's like, when well, that bell rings, he better be set to go with me. That's what he would say, you know. And right off the get go, you know, Justin couldn't hang. But you know, my, this is where I criticize. The promoter of UCW. My personal opinion if the kid can't take a suit flex, don't really want to take a bicep, man, he shouldn't be in the freaking ring. You know, he doesn't bad. want to participate in training. You know, he's got a reputation, other promotions, they don't even want to book him. Why are you giving this kid that a chance? But if, if one thing, if they can get in the ring, you know, he's taking some bumps, he's like, let's say he took three or four bumps, he gets to the window, he needs to out, let him get his back, they get back in the ring, no problem, I'm going to keep working with you. But you take a mm-hmm. couple of bones, you ride the ring, and then okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to lunch. Bye. Like well, that's basically
2: that night, you know. Justin, this is the short, the shortest that I can make it. Justin wants to be a wrestler yes. without doing to work without doing the work to become a wrestler. Right. That's that's the the straight shoot to the honest. Everything because I remember at a UCW show um, before the show and everything I mentioned into like a group chat. I was like, hey, I'm going to run a small seminar. Nothing special because I'm not anybody special. But after seeing T Cash get his ribs broken because he got put in a move at the very edge of the ring, a move that should not have been done at that side of the ring. Let's go through a small little seminar. And his brother Thomas came up to me and literally said, Justin is staying out the building so he will attend your seminar. And I'm just over here like, I'm not forcing anybody to, you know, take my seminar. As long as you don't get in the ring, you can do whatever the hell you want, you know? Right. But he literally. Literally, Justin stayed out the building until I was like, okay, I'm done, before he even walked back in. After that, I lost all respect for him. Wow. That's,
0: I, you ain't the first person that said that. I've had a lot of people we, we talked, you know. And then, again, you know, I'm not trying to bury the kid. He's, he's got a good heart. He wants to be in this business, wants it so bad, but at the same time, He's not willing to put in the miles, the blood, the sweat, the tears, everything, all the pain that we all went through in training. You know, it's just exactly. getting kind of where. And so that right there, I said, no, kid, you're not getting in the ring. If you're not willing to put in the bumps, you're not getting in the ring. I'm looking at Don, why are you booking this guy? You know, well, I'm just trying to give him an opportunity where others won't. I said, dude, that's not a good answer. You know, he's not, he's not listening. He's not doing it. He won't take a soup flex. You
1: know, exactly. everyone, he's
0: like, I don't want to hurt my neck. So I told CJ, all right, CJ, soup flex me. Hey, I, I said, I said, Just look how big I am. You know, yeah. and watch. Compared to CJ, all right, let's do this thing. You know, did my thing, pose up and over, boom. Get up. All right, cool. Let's take a plate. No, oh, I, I, I don't want to do it. All right, then we'll get out of the ring. Yeah, you know, that Is was my first time meeting a guy, in a we were training up there in Harlem. Yeah. You know, if you're
2: not willing, hit, if 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 you're not willing to take the world's best, not, excuse me, not world's best, the world's basic, like textbook wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. Why you want to become a wrestler? If you don't want to take an arm drag, if you don't want to take a hip toss, a back body drop, a suplex, a, if you don't want to take any of that, why you're in the ring? Because those are the basic moves. What if someone wants you put wants to put you in a double arm DDT, Paradigm Shift, or whatever, you know, a million and one names? What if someone wants to do a Canadian destroyer? What if someone wants to do a Swanton Bomb with just someone just jumping off the top rope, flipping, and landing on you. And you're yeah. just like, uh, eh, I don't want to take that. But yet you're ready to be like, oh, I, I want to be a wrestler. I want to be this character. I want to be uh, uh, what's his name? Bill Young Bucks or whatever. And I'm just over yeah. here like, yeah. like, no, dude, like, then
0: he should take the Jill Cornette approach. Even when Joe Cornette realized he wasn't physical, wasn't doing stuff, so he decided to become a photographer and then become a manager and still be part of the business. If you realize you, you don't want to get in the ring and wrestle, but you're still a part of the business, then find other ways around it. You know, become Is a it, manager. Yes,
2: you know, something like so, that. You know, there's so many other ways around it. I mean, if you you can't be like you want to become a wrestler but don't want to do the things. To become a wrestler, but there's referee there's photographer commentary manager at least be a manager i mean they the, the most they get is a bump to oh, yeah. maybe throw somewhere yeah. whatever they, they don't yeah. get the physical as much physical activity as a ref at the very least or whatever or what not on a good day but still you know but you can't just come in and just be like hey i want to be a wrestler all right, so what you're going to do is uh, you're going to do a lockup. You're going to do a hip toss. You're going to get into, like, a rest hole, and then we're going to pick you up. We're going to shoot you off to the ropes you come back. We're going to do the international, and then, you know, we're going to put you back into a rest hole after everything. Eh? Okay, well, we know where you're sitting at. That's pretty much it.
0: That's pretty much it. You yeah. Know, so, I mean, for my for my, for my my part, if I want to stay in this business, you know, 20, I think it was uh, November 2014, I got concussed. I got hit the tip of my brain, not not straight out. I I got hurt. You know, and I started having massive migraine headaches for for a long time. I went to see the doctor and said, Yeah, you got a concussion. You know, so I stopped my in-ring performance, and, you know, at that point. Every now and then I might get in there and bump and might try something. I think it was uh, 2019. I got in the ring with JC Walker. The last minute, I think Ellie smooth was supposed to be here And he showed <laughs> up, Billy's really crazing hill, you know, and just like Bill's here. I've worked Bill before. Bill can get in the ring. You know, he's like, You got gear? I said, Man, I got shorts and a muscle shirt. All right, make it happen. You know, I'm, I'm in the ring with, you know, uh, you know JC Walker. You know, and it was fine. But but what Christopher did for me, because I got real depressed. I thought I couldn't wrestle again, or maybe my career was done, or I'm having, you know, uh, marital issues at the time. Yeah. Chris was the one that introduced me to doing the podcast. I've been doing this podcast since uh, 20, uh, 20, 20, is 2015, 2016. No, I'm sorry. November 2015, I remember now, five years, I've, I've been there for five years right now, you know, awesome. I've got almost over 70 episodes I've done to shoot out, you know, it just, it just started out, didn't think it was going to be anything good, I just, you know, I started interviewing Chris, and some people through know, know it was just, I realized how much fun we were having, and then this, you know, Christopher kind of broadened it out there on his website, and then, yeah, you know, when it, I started sponsoring wrestling shows, and then uh, me and Billy started talking again, and, you know, I'd offered to... Uh, Try to sponsor LiveWire. And this so thing you know, I'm back in the game, back in the business. That's you know? awesome. and then, Yeah. Yeah, man. And I, I talked to Jeremy Cruz, and Cruz convinced me to give it a shot, you know. So I'm going to get back in the ring, man. I'm going to start bumping again, and maybe I'll have a one last run, you know. But if anything, if I have one or two or three or five more matches, you know, I, I'm going to walk out with my head held up because, you know, hey, man, I love this business. But if I can't get Russell, I'm going to be my podcast, our interview. I'm going to start roughing again. You know, because you guys motivate me, and yes,
2: that's, know, like I that's awesome. Honest, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Keep keep with the podcast and everything. I'm sorry that I'm a little, I'm a little late to the to the, the party or whatnot, but no, keep with your podcast, whatever. I, what up? One of the main reasons why I'm saying this is because I'm at a mindset right now. You know what? Most of us we have a special talent, and we're in a day and age that we have, I guess you could say, the means of projecting our special talent. Like, right now, despite my other character, which I know we're going to get into that, trust me, I want to get into that, but my means right now, like, I'm trying to run a a Twitch stream, and, yeah, I got like, literally, I got the camera, I got like a gaming, I got two gaming headsets, I'm using using one right now. I got a green screen, I got the program, everything. Like, I'm trying to push, like, a decent Twitch stream to maybe potentially make a decent living, not a major living after the videos and everything that I've been hearing and seeing, but still like, if you have the talent, you have the means, go for it. It's better to go for it all and fail. than not go for it all and see if you will actually succeed. And that's exactly right, man.
0: One hundred and thousand percent. Exactly right.
2: So, yeah, that's, so go for it all on this on this uh, podcast. If if anything, I'll be willing to do a chapter two with this one because I mean, I'm not trying to it, like take take up too much of your time because I, I got it. No, idea. no, no, you're fine. Okay, well, I, still, but chapter one, and then tune in next time on Dragon Ball Z. We need to have
0: that. <laughs> we'll do it, man. I'll definitely set up. Like I said, my podcast right now is on Spotify, it's on iTunes, and iHeartRadio, awesome. and i have been very excited. Uh, awesome. I owe a lot of that to Chris for helping guide them, You know, and hey, we got a little YouTube channel going on. It's got some episodes. It's still here. putting Episodes in every week. You know, but right now I've been, you know, when, when I pull up Spotify and I got something to wrestle with Bruce Prichard, grilling JR, What happened when with Tony Schiavone, Atrix, Eric Bischoff, the Steve Austin show, yes, Jericho. And, and the shootout is right okay. there. You know
2: what I mean? <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, no. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm no, I, I, see that. I still got more in the tank. Still, please give me some more questions. Like, please oh, still. Yeah, give
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just starting to warm up. You know. Um. He's okay. Kidding. I'll start. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hold on one second,
2: boss. Oh yeah. No, go for it,
0: man. I'm just talking to AJ Davis.
2: I'm nobody special. Yeah.
0: Well, to my wife, I'm interviewing Adrian Davis. And my wife says, and I'm supposed to care because he's the amplified champion of live part. Again, I'm supposed to care because I mean I can go with that. My wife is not a big wrestling fan, okay? She says, grown men and speedos. Yeah. So she's not a big wrestling fan, but that's fine.
2: My girlfriend, like she used to somewhat watch wrestling back in the days, from what she told yeah. me. Other than the big names like Undertaker and all, like she didn't really get into like I guess the newer stuff or the stuff now until she met me. Cool. So like even even my bosses at my uh my shoot job, they're like like when they hired me, I was like, Hey, I'm willing to work whatever, but just know when a weekend of wrestling comes up, I need it off. Yeah, sure, okay, no problem. Hey. Cool. Why, why does he need this wrestling weekend off? We don't understand. Pretty much what happened. <laughs> and, it, then, yeah. and then this past uh this past wrestling show in Savannah, one of my bosses came in, and it was Gigi. It was all she wrote. Like, the very next day, he could not stop talking to my main boss about the wrestling match with me. He could not stop stop talking about to anybody he got pictures he got videos he's like oh yeah this guy works with me look what he can do to all this stuff and i'm just over here like bro i'm sore and i'm trying to clean a pool (laughs) hey (laughs) (laughs) but but it was it was it was great like um honestly it was definitely great for Shout out to uh, Coastal Empire Wrestling. We have a next show for uh, November thirteenth, this Friday. Friday. Yeah, 4th.
0: I've heard of them, Coastal Empire. Yeah, 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 yeah. I found them on a uh, you know Facebook. I started following them too, not too long ago. They're out there in Savannah, right?
2: Yep, they are definitely out.
0: Yeah, there. hell, oh, I was sitting there telling, not... Jag, I was telling Jay you don't want ride down to Savannah because I heard about. I started watching them a little bit. Coastal Empire. I want to see about how I can get involved with them. Because yeah, I'm looking to get back into it because since I just dude, I just retired in uh June from law enforcement. You know, I got under uh uh a, one of the special disabilities thing that they had and I qualified for it. And you know, it was crazy because the day I got offered the disability the day I got promoted to lieutenant, you know. And my wife says, and of course my friend Jade kind of encouraged because he's in law enforcement too. Man, take the money and go. Man, they're they're yeah. saying you got all this, you know, and it's crazy. Seven people died that day that I was working at. And then I get home, you know, I put my package in and then I go to Atlanta to get my kids. I'm driving back from Atlanta. I'm seeing cops just flying down. What the hell is going on? The CNN Center is under attack. And that's when I found out I was on the radio, uh, George Floyd. Yeah, that's that same day. The day I retired last day, I had seven people who died that day. We were dealing with that whole crisis. You know Jeez. that was the last thing I did, and then yeah, the whole thing, and then the whole country just kind of went apart. It kind of broke yeah. my heart, man, what was going on. But it just one of my wife said, "You see, I'm glad you're getting out of this because, you know, she has a knot in her stomach when you're out there in the street. You don't know if you're going to come back home or not. You know what I'm saying?" And I did it for yeah. since 2000 and 2001. You know, I was active in Marine Corps. I was military police. I started the sheriff department in 6 I've been doing it nonstop since then. So,
1: so yeah. now.
0: I, I'm retired, and I got my, I got all my benefits from the military. So I'm like, wow, I can finally get back into wrestling. You know? Yeah,
2: take take a break, man. Do the podcast. Um, the peeps that are running Coastal Empire Wrestling, they are, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, uh, ex police officers in some way, shape, and or form. Huh. Um, yeah. Um, honestly speaking, and they're always looking for some sort of. Uh, I guess you could say, an outlet to push this even more, which I'm trying, I'm honestly definitely trying to help them push this even more, because the last wrestling deal that I can really think of that even happened in Savannah was uh, uh, Combat Fusion earlier that I was talking about.
0: Right, right, Combat Fusion, that's Right. right.
2: Yeah, so with them doing this and them giving me the opportunity to finally, after so many years, to perform in front of my hometown, in front of my piece which I had a lot of people there and everything, um, I want to help them as much as possible to push this as much as possible. So I would, you know, I would I, once this is done, set, edit it, whatever you need to do, I'll definitely uh, shoot it to them because I, I want them to know, like I want to help. Coastal Empire Wrestling, you know, get pretty big.
0: Okay, definitely.
2: I'll if get that's my okay, business partner, Chris, oh, I, 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 we'll,
0: we'll be honored to do that. We will be honored to do that. You know, like I said, you know, I work with you know me and Christopher and Caleb. Sto- it's 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 me, Christopher, Caleb Stovall, Blake Collins. We're kind of this thing together with uh, It's called Touch My Bass Studios, Teamy Studios. So we're always oh, looking for content, and we're and we're pushing wrestling hard. You know, Caleb kind of handles Valu Pro. You know, mm-hmm. I'm involved in Livewire. Blake is in both, in between both. And you know, say, so yeah, we're definitely we would love to help out Coastal Empire. I, I can speak for all of them because we're all just trying to, like I said, enjoy life and enjoy wrestling. You know, right. well, I want to get I want to get back to your story here, dude. Like I said, yeah, yeah, we looked at the whole situation with uh with CJ and everything, the situation with uh with, with Damian uh, Sid, Josh Pascal, You know, okay, now you become the Octane Champion. All right, this is another hot topic. I can this is probably my main event or co right? main over. event. Right. The Octane championship. Now Don had this idea and everybody I talked to thought was the stupidest idea ever. And I agree it was stupid, but at the same time, like you know what, As it hasn't been done. It might get over. So you just don't know until you roll the dice. So I sure. was willing to try to my best to put it over where they had a curse in the ICANN Championship, right? Where whoever wins it loses it in its first towel defense. And mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, you're the first one that broke that curse. So how's that come about?
1: <laughs> I love it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> say
2: that's probably the short answer. But the answer is you know, me. Typical day, living in South Carolina, working two jobs, maybe here and there playing video games, blah, 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 something, yeah. something, taradacto. and Don comes in, okay, hey, next show, this show, whatever, yada, 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 you're going to win the Octane title. Ah, oh, shit, that means I'm only going to hold it for, like, one month, okay, whatever, and you're going to be the one to, the, to break the curse. <laughs> Excuse me, what? You, you have not me? to break the curse? Let me let me, let me me check behind me to see if you're not magically talking to anybody else. I'm breaking the curse? Eh, I mean, if that's what you want, I'll make it make sense. I'll go with it. Yeah, I want you to break the curse. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll go with it. We'll run it. So, we had the match. It was a good match. I actually saw the match on YouTube and I was like, because I did the match and, you know, once again, you're on your, your worst critic type deal and I look at the match and I was like oh that's not so bad but before I looked at the match I was like man, I did freaking garbage in that match but anyways so we had the match and then at the end of that match I'm like I'm not celebrating I know about the curse of this title I'm going to lose it next month it's no big deal I'm not celebrating I'm just going to walk in the back and just be like okay yeah sure whatever but then the next match happened, and then I was like, oh, crap, I won the next match. I am, oh, then that's when I started celebrating. And honestly yeah. speaking, I was okay with that. Until the plans that I heard about me for the title, and then that's when I kind of had a little bit of salt in my mouth. Now, I don't think I'm hot, crap, and sprinkles with a cup of Kool-Aid on the side or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. think that. But he was like, okay, you're gonna have the title for a couple of months. Okay, rightfully so. I don't want to hold this title for a long time. Like give me give me three, four, five months, whatever, you know, just just try to put some meaning to this title since it's been a hot potato to most people. Right. But when he told me who I was going to drop it to, I'm over here like, bro, are you seriously? Are 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 you being serious with me? Like I kind of don't remember his name, and to be fair, don't really too much care to remember his name. But basically, it was a backyarder. Here I am trying to bust my ass to try to make a name for myself in this area in some way, shape, and a form. And you want me to lose your mid-card title to a guy who basically rolls out of bed, slap on a jeans and a t-shirt, and says he's a wrestler. It wasn't mad,
0: was it Matt was it?
2: no i like i said i don't i don't remember his name i just the only thing that i do remember a little bit of time after that he had some sort of dispute as the nicest way i could break it down and they wasn't going to drop the title to, the, the night that i was supposed to drop the title to him quote unquote uh i was going against trucker who mm-hmm. he, he's kind of fresh meat i'll put it that way Mm-hmm. But, but I got I got the dub over Trucker. But after that, the next show was on the same day as Livewire, which was the same day of Livewire that I was winning the heavyweight title. And when I told you know the main guy, well, we all know who the name, main guy is, Don, that I wasn't going to make it because I was kind of the main event of Livewire. And then they wanted me to make it over to uh, UCW to, to do the title deal. And I'm like, I, I need a time a little bit break or whatever. Now, I'm not trying to rush myself like that. Two days before that, once I told them that, they were like, okay, well, if you're not going to defend the title the day of the match, you automatically relinquish the title. And I'm just like, well, that's BS, but here's the belt. And I gave the belt to CJ. CJ didn't agree with it, but he was just doing what he was told.
0: Wow. Um, I'm trying my best not to flip this table right now start yelling and screaming. You know, as This is the first time I heard this version of the story. What I get told, um, I'm there. I think I just got there, and I'm talking to Blake and Caleb, you know, and then I'm, I'm talking to Don and Jay. You know, oh, by the way, we're going to have a... I says, well, what happened to uh, Davis? He's supposed to be defending his title. And he's like, oh, no, he jumped ship. He's doing a no-show. And Don rolled his eyes and just kind of walked away. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? This is when, I guess, during the time frame, everyone started quitting on uh, UCW. This is when the internet war started. You know, everybody's got to choose sides about what's going on. And I'm being dumb and obvious. I I didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, This is when I started finding out about... What was going on behind the scenes? I guess with the the female, um, Alana is I, that her name.
2: Yeah, uh, Alana. Uh, I there was some stuff that was going on with Alana to a point yes, where sir. most people don't wanna didn't wanna book her. Uh, I'm not gonna go into too much detail about that, but
0: no, that's fine. That's fine.
2: Yeah, i would just the most I will say is Alana and Josh, or Damian Sick. Um, oh. had a little WTF, and it got out of hand, and most people were like, "Hey, Alana, you, you need to go somewhere." That's that's the short version.
0: That's the short version. That's 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 about that's about similar to what I heard too, but then it's got no Jeremy Cruz. He he had left. Uh, you know, Ucw party ways um, full-time with live work at the same time than you did. Now her other talent was leaving. Don, overnight, lost half the roster. You know, and he had a pretty decent roster at the time and overnight, he lost half the roster.
2: You know, all right, since this is recorded, if it's edited, oh well, but I'm going to take a shot real quick.
0: Now, Chris very rarely is going to take anything out personally unless it's all of a sudden, we got a phone call or other extra, un- un- unauthorized noise. Of my wife walking in, and you might end that part up. You no, anything you say, Chris is going to leave it in, unless you tell me not. Unless you say, "Hey, Bill, I don't want this in," then I'll let Christopher know that
2: He, he takes it out. Oh uh, so, no, uh, I'm over here. I'm I'm over here like dicks out for Harambe. Let's do this.
1: But All
2: right. um, All right. but um, so around that time, like um. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be hardcore with this. This is this is a straight okay. shoot. The, the roster, outside of Justin Hancock, of UCW, I'm cool with. I love. I respect mm-hmm. them and everything. But to be honest, I also feel like that, I guess the best way I could break it down is they, it almost feels like they didn't want to do anything anything to uh, progress themselves to be better. I try to, even though with the lack or the little bit of uh, bookings that I was getting, them is like, let's just wrestle the same circle of people and go with it. I'm like, no, I want someone better. I want someone better than me. I want someone to put me to work, make me feel like crap, and then realize, oh, crap, I need to work on this. Right. And I wasn't getting that with UCW, but I loved the peeps. And I was trying to give, you know, my respect and all to them. But with them giving me, like, the way how they were booking me with the Octane title, the whole, the whole oh, well, the only reason why he's winning is because of an interruption on all kinds of stuff, whatever, whatnot. I'm just like, I know I'm not anything special, but at least let me get one clean win. And the one clean win that I got was Against Trucker, but then also at the same time, it had me originally booked against uh, to lose the title against someone that's just just a backyarder basically, and I was I was honestly I was I was a little hurt about that. Even Cruz was like, "Bro, I will fight that. I will hardcore fight fight that." And then roughly around this time, sorry about that background noise. Uh, Around you good. Uh, around this time as well, um, I don't know if Cruz said it in his his deal or whatever, whatnot. But around this time, Cruz and I were simultaneously was like, "Bro, we about to just go ahead and gg this. Like, just go ahead and just give this up and everything. Like, we like UCW and all whatnot, but the way how things going, the way how we've been treated, we we kind of need to let it go." And our our I guess you could say final deal was when we had that live wire match, me and Cruz for the heavyweight title. That was that yeah. was GG. That, that was we were just like, All right, well, this was it. Done with UCW.
0: And had, never never looked back, never had a conversation with them at all after it was over.
2: Nope. Did, did not
1: was,
0: happen- I hey. question I questioned dead reckoning. Don and Jay they were both on the show, and we were talking about you per se, because I was kind of like you. UCW was starting to have a reputation where it seemed like they're, they're only booking their friends and pushing their friends, and you know. And then of course Jay would take that as a complete slap in the face, because he'd be like, "Well, look, in this business, you make friends and you become family, you know." But I'm like, "Yeah, but you're not bringing no other other talent." In. Don flat refused to pay people, even when I offered to take money out of my own pocket. And offered to help pick talent. Uh, and I even offered him to invest a certain amount of number uh, into UCW. And all he was responsible was, well, I just write you out a tax receipt, but you know, he's like, This is my company, I'm running this thing. Uh, Timothy Blackman, T Money, I don't know who he is, he offered to help UCW bring in some really good talent. You know, he was trying to see it grow and Don flat out refused. He's like, "No, I don't need sponsors because then they're gonna think they can tell me what to do, and this is my promotion." And Don was like, "If I can't pay everybody, I won't pay nobody." You know, and then he just used the same people. He wouldn't get rid of nobody. He wouldn't try to bring bigger talent in, and just and it, it it was it was getting frustrating. So no, I don't blame you at all for you know. All right, sorry, I'm gone. And we left. Other were leaving. You know, and I told him, and then but their response was for well, you. I think Jay even said this, and then Jay's course is going to defend it, and it's his right to defend it. But I'm just telling you from my recognition and what and he I said. Did my
2: ball exact, and I went and home. Went
0: home. Yeah.
2: I didn't hear about that until uh, Billy, the booker of Love Wire, obviously, yeah. putting that out there, told hey, me about The
0: Bill that. Watts. He's the Bill Watts of the CSRA. That's <laughs> the <one.
2: laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that. But when I heard no, he about that. that,
0: he got quoted that one. He loved that one. So I started referring about okay. the Bill Watts and the CSRA. <laughs> that's
2: fair, but uh, when I heard about that, I just, I was just like, "Wait, what? Really?" I took my ball and went home. And at the first part, I was like, "Man, that's so much mess up to say." And then a little bit while after that, I was like, "Why should I feel like that? Like, I'm trying to make myself better, and I'm already in a promotion that makes me." feel like that I'm not trying to better myself or they're not trying to better themselves. So, honestly speaking, I didn't say I'm trying to quit them. I'm just saying, hey, Livewire has given me a better and bigger opportunity than they are. I'm going to, like, attend to them more often than the other people. Well, shoot, other people. Jesus Christ, not like that, but UCW. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>
0: well, you know, Don had this mindset that you know when when people were told to, you know to find other talent, he refused. To let people go. He's like, look, you know, none of these guys are not getting no opportunities. And when we make it, we're gonna shove it down y'all's faces. And I thought he had the wrong mindset of business. Now Jay, on the other hand, had stated that he wanted to come to and and, and apologize. He he actually wanted to be on this show, and I said, well, I'm gonna do a one on one. And if, if Davis is interested, and we'll do a part two. And then you come on and show it. Because Jay wouldn't explain what he meant by that. He said it was not meant to be disrespectful. He was like, well, what was I supposed to say? He's like, he went home. All I said was he just took his ball and went home. You know, and that's just how he left it. Because at the time, I think he was having some issues with life. Jay was butthurt about the whole situation with the American Legion. Because Jay actually found that. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, he found the location for UCW, made the deal with the uh, the, the owner of the bar and everything, and, he, and that was UCW saving grace at the time because they lost a location at the church, right? You know, so then all of a sudden, I guess Cameron Cade and Machido and Livewire all of a sudden had reached out and talked to him, And then as yeah. they you know, we're hearing rumors that they're coming to the Legion, and yeah, he was pissed. He calls it the unspoken rule. You know, you don't go in someone's territory like giving them a heads up or whatnot, and. I, I told him straight up. So I, 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 I caught it like this. So you should like Vincent Man to tell Terry Turner, oh, by the way, you don't mind coming to the Civic Center, the James Brown Arena to rent it out. I know mean, you got to go come there previous night, or whatever, but hey, I'm going to go ahead and do it first. I mean, come on, dude. I said, man, it's a business. They didn't do anything illegal. It's an spoken rule. Well, it's, they didn't do anything illegal. You know, yep. they're trying to pay for themselves. I mean, I mean, if they, if, if, if y'all should have y'all uh, really kissed a bartender's ass if you don't mind me saying so. And maybe make a deal where only y'all could do it. Y'all didn't. So, yeah, I mean, they went up there and offered a way much better deal than what UCW was going to. We do you expect the bartender to do? It's business, Jay. Y'all should have been smarter about it, you know? <laughs> well, and then, of course, Jay has his own falling out with UCW. Now, Jay's not a fan of UCW no more. and But and I'll let him explain his reasons on that, you know?
2: All right. Well, I mean, like I said, we're going to – we're going to do a, a chapter two, definitely, for this one. But before we uh, GG this, I will say I want Aye. to finish this. Then we're going to go into, I guess you can say, my new character for a little bit. And then the chapter two will be the more definition, I guess you could say, maybe somewhat, whatever, of the new character. But I will say this. Um UCW, it was just, like I said earlier, I love the peeps. I respect peeps. It's just. You know, I know I was gonna come out of nowhere and be somewhere on the AEW roster or whatever, whatnot. But I want to at least feel like I've done something with my life in the wrestling department. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh wow, you can edit this. <laughs> <laughs> if I got a good. I, I got a good.
0: Get, get shot, Morgan. There. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Are <laughs> Actually i take a shot of this monster rain energy drink that I got. But there you go. <laughs> but um I respect them, I love them, don't get me wrong. I yeah. just felt I I'm not expecting them to push me to the moon. Or whatever what not, but don't throw a title on me expect me to make some sort of meaning of a title and then i drop it to someone who doesn't want to make any effort to become a serious wrestler if that makes sense
0: that makes like, perfect sense, davis i mean i'm going to tell you right now for the whole world you had guys like me guys like Cale stovall and and, and chris and you know we'll be in don we were we definitely saw something in you and we're definitely kept saying, You need to push this guy, you need to push this guy. Why are you you know, this guy's you know has been dedicated, he's been low, you know, he's not called the no show. If we had time, we all call him the no show. He'd be like, Yeah, man, I'm on the way and everything. He turns the phone off, you don't hear nothing from him, you know. But you got like guys like you, you yeah, know, that's great. You like- just, you're getting you were getting crowd reactions and you come out of the ring, the crowd was definitely into you. So I'm kinda like, what are you doing here, Don? You know, uh-huh. this is a guy you need to look at, you know, but
2: I don't I, because don't uh, uh Flatline, like, I, I run this by myself every once in a while. For the time limit that I've been at Flatline, from the day I stepped foot through their door to the day that they closed it, I was there every single show. The only show that I was there, but not really there, I guess you could say, was like July... Uh, Crap. It was a July show. I do remember that much. I went there, I did a promo, and I left for reasons that I'm not going to say. Outside of right. that, I was there it was at least 24 shows, because it was at least two years. I was only booked 12 of those shows, but I was there. I may not have been in the ring, I may not have been outside in the ring, whatever, what not. I may have been doing lights, I may have been doing music, whatever, what not, but I right. was there. To, you know, you see, like. Honestly speaking, I was just telling someone about this earlier today, August thirty first of this year at Livewire, when the first time I was supposed to defend my title against uh, Josh Magnum, I actually had to bail out because I was suffering an unfortunate skin condition. Outside yeah. of that, outside of that, I have never canceled a a, a wrestling show. If I have. Someone please tell me, let me know. But as far as I know, I've never canceled a wrestling show.
0: Nah, man, you're dedicated and low. And I and I love that and I love that about you, though. But get a little now. Let's talk about all right. Let's we're we're gonna move on for UCW. And again, I apologize oh, if I offended anybody in UCW. I mean, you guys are great guys, just UCW just didn't know how to run a business, in my in my opinion. You know, they could have done, they could have made some smarter decisions, but it is what it is. Don had a dream he tried his best you know and i hope Duncan can rebound and figure it out and have it and bring ucw back you know i didn't want to i didn't want to see ucw 40, you I know, i didn't care
2: and, about the pay i just care about actually like the progression if that makes sense
0: progression exactly you know they evolved you know yeah. i mean try, trying to find ways to get better don't be afraid to turn down help you know exactly but, you know it is what it is but now Live wire, you're becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. How, how does that okay? no, I'm not trying to make it sound like WCW and WF, you make it a big <laughs> jump and make a big swerve here, like Luger. One man's on raw, now he's on nitro, you know. But but what what okay, you gotta be thinking something here. You're the octane champion. I'm I'm gonna sound like a mark when I say this. You're the octane champion, you getting uh-huh. you're scheduled to defend your title, but all of a sudden on the same on the same day. You're at LiveWire and you're and you're going for the heavyweight championship of LiveWire. I mean, you gotta thinking something, man. You gotta be feeling the magic of a little bit, of a little big power play between UCW and LiveWire. Cause you know, about they you know, they they were trying to do something together, some kind of fun measure thing, and it didn't work out, and some serious heat between the two companies happened. And then all of a sudden people were. You know the battle lines of the same have been drawn. People are choosing sides, and then you and Cruz, along with a few others, you go to Livewire, and then Livewire skyrocketed big time. You've oh got yeah, to be I agree. Proud about that.
2: All right, so I know the timeline between then and what you're talking about to now. So let me yeah. see what I put in in a in a not so very long, never in the story type deal. <laughs> like I guess you could say. Um, so. When I was told that I was getting the heavyweight title, like, honestly speaking, like I said earlier beforehand, I don't think I'm anybody special. I'm just going out there. I'm just doing what I think I can do, whatever, whatnot. Yeah, I got a good bit of people behind me between, you know, behind the curtain crowd, you type deal, whatever. But, you know, even if y'all guys come up to me and be like, hey, man, you got something in you. Even James Drake or J.D. Drake, same thing. Like, yeah, I get a little bit of confidence, but I'm just like, what the hell do y'all see in me? But I go with it. So with that being said, the only small thing I will say about getting the Livewire Heavyweight title is, once again, once again, Jeremy Cruz and I had a match at UCW. That Billy managed to catch the very next day, and was like, "You put Cruz to work. Not only that, you put Cruz to work. You actually gotten better within yourself as well. This is what I want to do with y'all too." He didn't tell me that. He didn't tell me then that I was going to get the title. He's just like, "I want to put a big deal with y'all too, doing this." Um. Okay, we can go with that. I'm just here, and that's pretty right, much what happened. Right. Um, as for Livewire, I will. I even told Billy this. Livewire has expanded very much so. Even with there were like, I guess tag team partners with Bushido. Even mm-hmm. now, when they're like like singles, whatever, what what not. Livewire now. It's much better than Livewire back then, and Uh,
1: again, they
0: evolved. Where UCW didn't, they evolved.
2: Exactly. They. I don't know what Billy have done, did, doing, whatever, but he's yeah, he definitely evolved. He and he even told me he's trying to push Livewire to be something big. It may not be WWE big, because I mean who has pockets that deep, but he is trying, you know, he's, he's, he's booked some decent names. I've, I've seen faces that I've been in the locker room from some time back from different areas and trying to bring it. I mean, like shark boy for hand, for, for example, I wish I was there in that locker room for that, but you know, he's mm-hmm. trying to bring in some like actual names. UCW was relying on the same faces, different day. Different day.
0: I begged him. I'm literally on the phone. Went to his well, went where he was staying at the time, and I says the only way you're gonna you got to get some big name. I'm willing to invest, and like, no, no, it's a slap in the face of my talent. If someone with a big name shows up and everything, they get paid. It's a slap no. in the face of my talent. I said your talent will understand. Oh, listen to me, okay? Listen to me. Yeah, people will pay to come see this guy, but tell your talent make them go home talking about you. You know what I'm saying? That's when you have the opportunity That's to see the show. You've got, to, you've got to draw some people in here. What you got's not working. But I've, I've I don't think of it that he wouldn't, you know.
2: I agree with that because for the simple fact that even though this was probably years back, we're talking about well, years back now, whatever, whatnot. This Friday the thirteenth. Just remind y'all, you would not see Jason Voorhees. I think he's somewhere <laughs> like camping out in Camp Crystal Lake. Oh yeah. Social Empire Wrestling, they booked. Luke Gallows, and if I'm not mistaken, Carl Anderson. I mean, wow. that's, that's some deep pockets. Oh, they, yeah. They literally said in their chat, hey, not all you guys are booked because, one, we're trying to run storylines here, rightfully so, and two, because of who we booked. I mean, you got freaking Luke Gallows. I mean, he ain't cheap. You know?
0: Right. Right, no, so, he's not cheap, definitely.
2: Yeah, so... In I. Dollars,
0: didn't,
1: yeah.
2: yeah, I didn't get word that I'm... Look, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to show up at the show because I'm still going to, sh- you know, I'm still going to try to promote myself in some way, shape, or form. But, of course. Like, like, if you have the funding to bring in a bigger name of some sort, at least when you do that, that bigger name, go against the talent that you feel that can be pushed, and that can bring a good match with that talent that you're bringing in. And I I, I felt like I wasn't getting that with UCW. So the whole, I took my ball and went home. You know, after everything, I felt like this. At first, yeah, it sucked of hearing, oh, Adrian Davis took his ball and went home. But after everything that happened, everything that's going on, you know what? Livewire, I have a better chance of facing someone that I know that I see on TV, that I know that can actually push me, that I know that can make me, like, pull my whatever I have that other people see inside me out and, and, and do over UCW and wrestling the same people.
1: Oh, definitely, man.
0: I've, like I said, you know, I've known Billy for over a decade, and he's definitely come a long way. He's been he's been constant trying to get better, find ways to get better. But you know, I, I've had arguments with some other veterans about the whole thing, and then I want to I want to say this one last time. Let me give you an example, okay. Now, we all know who Ray Mysterio Jr. is, right? Dean Malenko, how good rest- wrestlers they are, right? Well, well um, Dean
2: Malenko is the reason why I love the Texas Cloverleaf. I love the Texas Cloverleaf.
0: And he's one. Of, he's another guy that I can't watch and study and figure out what to Because, you know, yeah, I'm a powerhouse. I'm a ground and pounder but I'm a submission specialist, too. You know, I love that dungeon-style submission, wrestling ground base. I base, And, yeah, I've been known to use the Texas Cloverleaf. I think he's better than a sharpshooter. And I'm working on trying to do what they call a reverse. Casey Cloverly called the guerrilla clutch. I'm something. I'm done working on my training thing. I'm hoping to utilize it when I start back wrestling again. But anyway, my, my point is, my point is, okay,
2: go for it, go for it.
0: Great American Bash, 1996. Okay, um, sounds familiar. It yeah. W. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, was advertising. Okay, they bring some football players in. You got Steve Monkup, Michael, and Kevin Green. Kevin Green at the time was pretty hot in the NFL, mm-hmm. but people were buying tickets like crazy because you're going to see. Them getting trained by the Macho Man, and they're gonna take on they're gonna take on Rick Flair. Hold on. Maybe
2: you check for ma'am? you come check for a mouse for a me?
0: Yes, I will. Duty calls, but my by miners, they're getting they're they're getting trained by the Macho Man, and this has been built up by the media, worldwide media. Kevin Green and 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 Chicago Bears, Steve Montgomery, Michael, our team, are right at, and they're gonna go up against rick flair and arn anderson it was the talk of the town everybody was was getting into it. baltimore maryland i was all excited fired up and seeing it and then you, you hear about this these two young people ray mysterio jr to me he looked like a little miniature midget with a mask on it okay it's basically this, this, spider-man nothing. yeah basically spider-man yeah he looked colorful he looked cool but yeah it was just like okay whatever dude you know, then D Malenko, and I'm looking at him, solid face. Yeah, I'm just kind of watching him. But this is, this is the first time I saw these guys wrestle, you know. Yeah. It was on pay-per-view. I was at my friend's house that night. I was in high school then. You know, the horsemen, you know, Ric Flair and Arn, this is going to be great, you know. I went home that night, like I said, talking about the other matches, going up there, right? We're all hyped up. We're all drinking. We're all eating good food and watching this paper per view <laughs> so I went home that night. Did you see that match? Between Ray Mysterio and Demon I was blown away by how good, just how good the Cruiserweight division is. You know, and I saw, like, like the next night on Nitro, they the, 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 the following pay-per-view, everybody wants to know who the third man is who the third man is. It was, a, it was all this hook-hugging stuff, but again, I went on to talk about Ray Mysterio and Psychosis. To means that that night they stole the show, and I was just kind of like, I've been following Ray Mysterio's career ever since. And it was just hey, like... That's my whole point. You know, okay, you get a big attraction, right? You know, mm-hmm. but it's not just stuff, the other talent because that's your opportunity to stand up and really try to give a, a, a 10-star performance. You want to steal the show. Just like WrestleMania mm-hmm. 3. Everyone came to see Hogan and Andre, but they went home talking about Ric Flair and I'm sorry, Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage. You mm-hmm. know, And that's why I try to tell people. Yeah, okay. You, you know, Shark Boy is gonna be at Live Bar, but let them go home talking about Andre and Davis you know that's how you get famous you know yeah don't feel, don't sadly, feel upset make a there of that match, names but but,
1: yeah uh uh-huh.
2: i would say sadly that i wasn't there at that show um it 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 really bothered me so much cuz i was in the area and i really wanted that match to happen right then and there but right. a skin condition a uh, skin condition yeah
1: yeah oh man
2: well, well i will say this Let's go ahead. I mean, I know I've been in the CSRA for so many years as one character, but I will say, and I even hear this from my lovely girlfriend, um, my other character. How did it come about? How everything? I'll put it this way. I'll give you the last uh, last question. It,
0: one last question. One
2: last question, bro. Yeah, go for it. Go for it.
0: This question I wanted. To, yeah, this question I wanted to ask you. You know, um. And then we're definitely going to get to your develop your new character. Cause I got met, man, the whole whole character is is a complete mystery to me. So I'm definitely (laughs) looking forward to hearing it. You know, Um, you wrestle Savannah and -hmm. you wrestle on Augusta, you know, Mm and I, I. yeah, I've heard the phrase from Dusty Rhodes and uh, you know Billy Graham and like you know during the territory days about you know Georgia Championship Wrestling, Florida Championship Wrestling, Mid Atlanta, and they're always would brag about you know which area drew the most money, who was getting more over, or how passionate the fans are. Same thing like you go at the ECW back in the day in Philadelphia, they're very very passionate fans. Madison Square Garden, the fans in New York, very very passionate fans. So my question is for you. You're wrestling in Augusta you're wrestling in savannah. I want to hear the fan comparison you know between the, the love of wrestling. Uh,
2: honestly speaking, this is actually a very short answer okay um I've wrestled in the augusta area for quite some years
1: uh-huh.
2: and it was a pretty good fan reaction Savannah, I only wrestle once, and really? like, you know, there's, yeah I mean this uh this past wrestling show and Coastal Empire Wrestling was the first time that I've That
1: ever... was
0: your first one. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: So For some reason I
0: was under your impression you done it a few times in that area. Maybe I don't you're really. from there, man, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Well
2: yeah well well I trained in Savannah originally, but I never oh. really started like wrestling until like Statesboro and everything. But I I did not um wrestle here in Savannah until two weeks ago. So as of right now, yeah, Augusta is a landslide.
0: Okay, good deal. Good deal. Good deal. Well, all right, your first experience of wrestling in your hometown in Savannah, what was the crowd atmosphere like? I mean, did he did he did he draw good numbers with the fans into each match, or were they treating it like UCW where fans were chanting oxygen masks, oxygen tank? Oh, yeah, that's right. You'd already left Livewire, wire and all of a sudden we were down camp booking the audience were actually chanting, give him an oxygen tank, oxygen mask, and everyone else was there with chain oxygen masks. These guys were blown up in the first 30 seconds of the match.
1: Oh you know, so. uh, I'm not
2: gonna say anything about that, but what I will say, <laughs> I will say is uh um the the crowd in the Savannah show was loud. It was mainly loud because of honestly I've had quite a bit of people of uh, friends and family on my side at that match. And you know, I was always told like your skills really come out when you can attract people. You can attract a crowd outside of your hometown because if you go in your hometown, you do your thing. You're going to get that "quote unquote" somewhat guaranteed, you know, reaction or whatever. But it's about the people that you can get that's not in your hometown. It's not like there's like, okay, who's this guy? Oh, okay, oh, 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 and after that. You get yeah. a reaction. I mean, hometown is like, yeah, we've known you for God know how long before you even thought about wrestling, and we're just going to cheer you just because, because bias and everything. So that's that's pretty much how it is. So I'll put it this way: Savannah crowd was just as loud as Augusta crowd, but I'm still I'm still counting Augusta crowd because I'm kind of like a new face there, just doing what I need to do versus Savannah crowd. They already know who I am.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Wow. That's, well, that's, that's the best way I can break it down.
0: At that time, this is the
2: main event. Yep, main Let's event.
0: It's the main event, man. Let's dive into this thing. How do you go from the game changer, you know, the the, the, the Nintendo superstar, if you would, yeah. to what you are now?
2: Uh honestly this this is uh I'm going say this is a little bit home. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is the one part that I can put. My favorite wrestler, Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. um, he basically says that if you don't find ways to reinvent yourselves, you're going to get stale and you're going to get boring. That's true. Yeah. And I can completely understand that. With that being said, between. Now, and roughly around, almost honestly speaking, most of my life living in Aikenside, I've had a lot of stuff, you know, hit me emotionally. I just tried my best not to let it bleed into my wrestling, but it was getting so bad mm-hmm. that it was. Um. So how do I go from super happy gamer Adrian Davis to devil's advocate is simply because of all the stuff that I've been through in life in general of being so much of a good person so much of a good guy or whatever and there are some people who may appreciate you but at the same time there are some people that you can give yourself you can give yourself in you can give yourself good or give them good or whatever but they just They don't appreciate it. And you let the majority of people who do appreciate you – oh, no, excuse me. You let the the little bit of people who don't appreciate you affect the people that does appreciate you. And it sucks, but it kind of got to me. And because of that, like between what people that I know that don't really appreciate what I've done for them – And the fact that out of nowhere my father passed on me and moving back to Savannah and family and everything kind of hit me on like, hey, I'm doing my all and you don't appreciate me. It took a toll on me. And honestly speaking, my devil's advocate character was in was was in reserve. Like I was like, here's this character. That I can be, but don't want to be, only if I have to be. And it got to the point where I have to be this character. And what inspired me to be this character, honestly speaking, is the late, great, God bless his soul, Sean O'Hare. Sean O'Hare,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: That was his last character before he left WWE, being tag team with uh, Rowdy Piper and everything. He was being this, right. was, he was being this devil's advocate character, and I instantly, the second I seen it, I instantly clicked with it. I saw all his promos and everything, and it 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 just it stuck with me. But at the same time, I kind of put it in reserve because I was like, "Well, I want to be this happy gamer Nintendo deal. If I have to be heel first, which I have been in wrestling, I want to be this bad gamer deal." But when I actually have to pull all my guns out and everything, devil's advocate. But I was devil's like, advocate. I was like, yeah, I, I I don't want to, I don't want to be this character. I have no reason to be this character." Then I started beating people who haven't really treated me. Or who haven't really appreciate who I was, I friends, family, everything, and then losing my father, and I was just trying to keep my composure together. And I, it was easier said than done. And then pretty much when I got the word of like certain stuff, I'm not going to say what that certain stuff was. And when that happened, that's what I I pretty much lost it, and that's when my devil's advocate character came out
1: well they say um
0: you know your personality is you know 10 times up to your character and i can definitely i could definitely see it man but you're taking a tragedy and you're turning into something positive and making it working for you and and you know i I look at as a good thing too you know again i want to say i'm sorry about your i'm sorry about your father i I know the feeling. I know the loss, and I, I'm, and and I, I know it's I know it's rough to do with on a day to day basis. And I'm not going to sit there a lot of you and say how it gets easier every day, but it in time it does. But I think you just learn how to deal with the pain and the numbness and everything. But I think you're taking, uh, you know, this right here and turning it into a positive. Uh, you know, make it into your wrestling uh, gimmick and making it who you are. Um, it's definitely getting over, man. If your mom is saying so. Um nah. it's, it's, Complete I one any from what you were, but I think it's doing great for you, honestly.
2: I appreciate that. I mean, I even had my uh wonderful girlfriend over here. She was in the crowd and hearing kids like, what's wrong with Adrian? Why is he not being the happy gamer deal? Whatever. Why is he coming out as this True. character? And... Now you know.
1: I
0: did the is. same thing, man. I I said the same thing when I first my first saw you. If you left you sitting a watching Live Wire, and I'm like, well, "Wait, but why is he not doing the game changer thing?" And I'm I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, and I'm asking Blake, and Blake just kind of like, "I don't know. You know." I'm sitting there watching. I'm watching one of your matches you're having, you know, and I'm like, "Man," and I, I called Jay one time. And I said, "Does something happen to Davis? Is he did not seem like himself? He's colder. He's darker, you know." And then Jay's like, "Man, I don't know. Something definitely happened to him." And Christopher. I think Christopher said you had a um, you had loss in your family, and you were changing your gimmick up, and you know it was definitely like I said I could you know I I complete 180. But I think if you're going to change your uh, you know your gimmick, I mean. I think it's a good thing, too. Uh, you know, going 180, I mean, it worked for Ogun. I mean, granted, I hated the Hollywood the whole, whole gimmick. I mean, how can you go from being a badass, never back down, never quit, you're not afraid of nobody, to this cowardly heel. And I was hating it once someone had to kill him, and then it hit me. Well, he got me a gun because now I'm hating him once people beat him up, and then he did his job, you know. But, but um, with you, like you said, you went from – it's definitely getting over. Like I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids are talking about it. Mark's like me are talking about it. You're definitely on the right path of, of greatness, man.
1: Yeah. Um, and,
0: that, that's and,
2: and as I said earlier beforehand, what you are in wrestling is who you are in real life, Amplified. And don't get exactly. me wrong, with Fusion Pro Wrestling, which that's another name that I did not throw out, Fusion Pro Wrestling, which is with another trainer of mine, and Coastal Empire Wrestling. Yes, I am still the new level Adrian Davis. I'm still the gamer Adrian Davis. But in other promotions, more really mainly Livewire is my devil's advocate side. And I, I as of right now, is the right thing for me to do because of everything that I feel about the people that I dealt with in the area and the people that, uh, basically, that's the long story short. The people that I dealt with in that area that's the character that they deserve. They had the good, they didn't appreciate it, so this is what they need to have. Who they created.
0: Well, speaking of live wire, we 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 all saw Jeremy Cruz lost the championship to Matt Sells. What are your thoughts of – is there any possible talks at all if you're getting a rematch of the championship that you, uh, you had lost to, Cruz? Any thoughts or any opportunities you think you might get an opportunity to challenge Matt Sales for that title? Because you are the Amplified yeah. Champion. you know. Are you thinking well, bigger to go back for a heavyweight title or you want to try to hold on to this other, uh, the Amplified title and amplify yourself in, at the same time?
2: I'll put it this way, and this will be the end of Chapter 1. Because okay. I think uh, chapter two needs to have a little bit more story, and we need to make a chapter two, but the end of chapter one, I will say this: Matt Sells and I were originally supposed to have a one on one match for the title when I held it, but the day that the match was supposed to happen was the day that my father's funeral was oh, going on. yeah, yes, sir. Hmm. so, I would have to say, at a rightful point. Matt Sells and I do need to fight for that title. Um, It may be a different circumstances, but still the same deal. So it doesn't have to be next show. Obviously, from what I understand it, they managed to book Jimmy Jacobs, which I will openly admit I am overly marking out on. But (laughs) at some point, at some point, Sells and I, we need to have the match. Until then, the newly made Livewire Amplified title, I want to make a name for it. Because that's my, that's my thing. I never really held belts. I never really thought I was good enough to hold a belt. But if, if, if a company came up to me and was like, we want you to hold this title, I want to try to be, make the best name that I came for it before I drop it.
1: OK, OK, definitely.
0: Well, my friend, I think we're going to end chapter one. I definitely looking forward to chapter two. I'll try to make it happen Same here. Uh, Have it pretty soon. But man, I got to tell you, man, you know, when you. You're definitely one of the most humble people I've had the opportunity and the privilege to interview. And I definitely want to say this. You're 100% dead wrong, man, because you are special. You make the audience oh. believe in you. The crowd loves you. Your peers respect you. I mean, hell, Survivor Pain, the host of the Shootout, is just like and speechless right now, man. Because I tell you what, man, you're incredible, man. You're an incredible performer. You know, I got nothing but the absolute respect for you, man. And I definitely wish you good luck in the future and good luck in your title defense, man. January second, Livewire, yep. man. I'm, I'm hoping you're gonna be there defending the championship because I'm gonna be there, man, pulling for you, bro.
2: I'm planning on being there January second, but I greatly do appreciate you give me the all the kind words that you're telling me like I like I said many a times during this podcast you are your own worst critic and for you you know pushing for for my talent and everything that means a whole lot to me Definitely separate, man.
0: Yeah, it's been an honor to talk to you but like I said chapter one ends chapter two will begin and and man I can't wait man and I'm looking forward to hearing from you again buddy you take care okay you too, sir. All right.
1: All right, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, sir.